Hey, welcome to the pod. <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm so nervous. I'm going to be healing with you in real time today. And I'm going to be quite vulnerable. Um, I need to do a trigger warning. This one is about rape. Um, so if you're not in a place in life where you're ready yet for this, that's okay. But if you're like, no, this might help me heal, um, do listen. And also, if you haven't had an experience like this, you still might learn something from how I, I don't know, move through it or have moved through it. I don't even know what to expect from myself right now, to be honest with you. I'm just going to go into telling you a story and see what happens. <laughs> but a little bit of a back backstory today. So I'm in New Zealand still. And today I was driving along the countryside, road tripping from Matarangi. <laughs> Hopefully I said that all right. To Rotorua. And so it's like a three and a bit hour drive. And I was listening to an audiobook and then just sort of started zoning out and off in my own world. And all of these things were coming through, like so much was coming through at once. It was like my guides were just like, just all this information, like share this, share this, share this. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like that's a lot at once. Like what do people need right now? And I just got this like flash in my head of all the messages that I've been getting from people lately about how they have this just this feeling of like, I, you know, people are saying like, I need to shift something out of me and there's stuff that I just haven't talked to anyone about ever. And I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to handle this pain and it's time to get rid of it or, you know, move it or, you know, shift it, that kind of thing. And like help, where do I begin? And obviously this isn't going to be the answer for everything and for everyone, but this is what came through that, that came into my mind. And then this, what happened to me came straight into my mind after that. And I was like, all right, I need to talk about this because I think being this raw and vulnerable and real with you will help in one way or another, sh help you be able to, I guess, get it out yourself. And this is a way that I can help lots of people at once. Um, Cause obviously if I was literally helping every single person one by one, I would never have time to do the podcast, obviously. So if I do the podcast, I can help everybody by doing this. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I'm like out of breath. Just, I'm so nervous. My heart is racing. <laughs> Fucking hell. Like, why am I doing this to myself? I love you guys so much. That's why. <laughs> Okie dokie. Um, Anyway, so I was, I'm going to say like, I think 14 or 15 at the time, I was quite young, I think 14, between 14 and 15, anyway, whatever. And I had this boyfriend who was like a couple of years older than me. I'm going to try not to use names. So if I say a name, I'm just going to make sure I pull a fake name out of my ass. Um, not that these people really, I don't really owe it to them to protect them. But this was a very, like, this was like a 15 year old, as in like this happened like 15 years ago, thereabouts. I don't know. I haven't actually calculated it, but let's just say that much time ago. So maybe they're different people now, you know what I mean? And I don't want to just like fuck them up. <laughs> what if they've completely grown and changed? Uh, so anyway, so let's just say my boyfriend's name was, 
Bob. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> Fuck. And anyway, so Bob was like, mm, I was like 14. He was like 17 maybe. He was older than me. And he was quite the character. <sighs> He was, like, renowned for being, like, the local criminal. You know what I mean? Like, I grew up in a place where if you were doing horrendous bad things, you were considered cool. Like, I used to refer to where I lived. I don't know if this is incentive or not, but I used to be, like, it was, like, the Bronx of fucking Queensland. Like, (laughs) it was, like, just so much crime, so much, like, youth just running around wreaking havoc so many people that I went to school with ended up in jail and or dead. Um, like really, like I grew up in a really shitty town. <laughs> and anyway, so like one of the things he did, like he gave me a ring one day and it was just this like really cute ring. And I was like, oh my God, it's so cute. And then a little bit later on, I found out someone was like, you know, he stole that. Like he racked it from Prouds or whatever. And I was like, oh, Okay. But I was still like, but he stole it from me. You know what I mean? Ugh, gross. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> I was like fucking a child. I was so young. I was like 14. Of course, I thought that was cool. And I was a product of my environment at the time. Anyway, so where are we? Anyway, he, that's just like, who he was. He was always like getting into fights. He was always stealing stuff. Um, his family, his parents seemed nice. His sister was always stealing stuff as well. His parents seemed quite friendly. And I used to go over all the time and my dad knew that I was dating him and like knew where he lived and everything. And I would go and stay over and it like really shouldn't. Anyway, so I didn't, like hooking up with him very much because it seemed like it was like always just full of pressure. And then he would kind of make me feel a bit bad afterwards, you know, just be like, oh, you were kind of just like laying there. And I was like, oh, I must be so shit. And like now I look back and I'm like, oh, you didn't do anything to make it nice for me. You didn't like ask me what I want or anything. You were just doing whatever you wanted. And then we're upset when I was just laying there looking fucking confused and sore and then criticized me for that. So, like, that's not the first time that happened either when I was around that age, which is fucked. Um, but, yeah. Also, I'm in bed right now, so if you hear me rustling about, that's why. <laughs> I thought I should get snuggly for this. So, um, lots of our friends used to go to his place for parties and stuff, and we were all there... Um, having, I don't know, some kind of gathering and everyone was drinking and like my friends were there and I didn't want to stay there because I knew that him and the boys were going to keep drinking and there was maybe like, by the time everyone started to leave, like my girlfriends were leaving, they left and they were like, do you want to come with? And I was like, no, I'll just stay like a little bit longer and I'll walk home. And I didn't... For some reason, I didn't want my dad to come get me at the time. I don't know why. I can't remember that far back about that. But 
I just knew that I was like, I'm going to walk home. He lived in the same suburb, just maybe like three kilometer walk away, but it was also nighttime. So I really shouldn't have done that. It was ridiculous. So anyway, um, I'd been drinking, everyone had been drinking. The girls left by this point in the evening, there was just my boyfriend, Bob left two other guys. I don't remember their names, nor does it matter. And then his cousin, what should we call his cousin? What is someone's name? I'm going completely blank right now. I'm trying to think of a name of someone I don't know. Larry. <laughs> Fuck. Bob and Larry. Oh my God, Esther. God, do better. <laughs> kidding. Okay, so now Larry's like probably 21 at this time. He was like a full-blown adult. And anyway... I was like, all right, I'm going to go. This was like a while later. The girls had already left. I was going to leave. And they were like, all right, yeah, bye. And I was like, bye. And I was like a bit tipsy. And I'm like, well, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I started walking home and I am like geographically, geographically challenged as fuck. Like I don't remember where, like if I approach a destination just from a different angle, like hit it from like, normally I go somewhere from North, but I come this way from South all of a sudden, I don't know where I am. Like I can't, I'm I'm really good at so many things and that's just not one of the things that I can do properly. <laughs> Navigation is not my area. <laughs> so I was walking and I got fucking lost. Hey, and my phone started going dead and I was like, oh, Christ almighty. And so I was like messaging my dad and he didn't get the text. And then I went to call him and my phone died and I was like, awesome. So then I was like, all right, Esther, like just trying to remember where you are. Everything's dark. It's all looking about the same. And I was like walking along and I started to panic and I was like, oh my God, I don't know where I am. I don't know if I should keep walking down this street or if I'm going to walk for so long in the wrong direction. Should I turn around and blah, blah. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to knock on someone's door and use the phone. So I knocked on some door and this guy answered and he looked like he, how do I say this without being mean? like the living in your mom's basement until way too late in life kind of type, except he wasn't in his mom's basement. He was just like in his own home, but that, that was the, the vibe. And I was like, he had this look on his face when I answered the door, he looked like a fucking prize was just given to him or something. He looked so happy to see me. And I was like, okay, <laughs> odd expression. And I was like, Hey, can I please call my dad? Like my phone's dead and I'm lost. Like, why would you tell a strange man that Esther? Fucking hell. Like, what are you trying to just serving yourself up on a platter? This wasn't the occasion, by the way, I got away from this guy. Um, anyway. And so he goes, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll go get you the phone. And he goes and gets me a handheld phone and he must've like unplugged it from the wall or something. So he brings me back the handheld device thing and I like put it to my ear, like I dialed, like I tried to dial a number or whatever and put it to my ear and I was like, oh, it's not, um, it's not connected. And he was like, oh, that's so weird. And I handed it back to him and he grabbed my hand instead of the phone and he like pulled my arm a little bit and I fucking just ripped my hand out of his hand and I was so sweaty because I have hyperhidrosis. Thank fucking God. I'm a slimy little sweaty. I just fucking slipped out of his grip and bolted like back towards my boyfriend's house. And I found my way back there and I got to like the, the park that was across the road from his place. And this rottweiler comes up to me and I just like started crying. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get attacked by a dog now. <laughs> and then this person was like, it's okay, don't worry. Like he doesn't bite. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I'm sorry. And he was like, no, no, I'm sorry. And so that guy kept walking with his dog and I went to my boyfriend's house a bit disheveled and I got inside and I was like, oh God, like, I don't know where I'm going. And like, this and this just happened and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, oh, okay. Um, 
well, um, I can't remember why. They were like, just crash in the caravan if you want, because there was a caravan literally like right behind where we were. So we were all in the outside. Well, they were drinking in the outside patio area and there was like a backyard caravan situation like right there. Like you could step from the patio into the caravan. And it was still Bob, Larry and the two other guys there. And they'd been drinking heaps. And I don't know why I wasn't going to Bob's bed. Like why? I don't know. Maybe something was going on with his room. Because I think Larry was sleeping on the fold-out couch in the lounge room from memory. But anyway, um, I went into the caravan and there's like a double bed in there or whatever. And I was like, just passed out. I was like so tired and I'd been drinking and I was like, and just passed out. And then, um, not long later, I don't know how much time I passed, but I'm assuming not long later, Bob came in and just started, like, I just remember waking up and he was like pretty much shoving it inside me and just started having sex with me like completely without consent I was like not conscious when it all this began and I remember just being like what the fuck and because of what he'd said to me in the past of like oh you just lay there and blah 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 I was like I don't want to be criticized for not having sex well enough right now like I'm just I've just been fucking so scared and I just want to go to sleep and get home in the morning and just not be here. I didn't want to be there. And now there's some guy having sex with me and I didn't know this was going to be happening and it was just happening all of a sudden. And I'm like 14, by the way. And so I just laid there, like pretended to still be asleep. And I was like, okay, just let time pass. (laughs) Just leave your body and don't, pay attention to what's happening right now and then he pulled out and jizzed on my shirt and then he left the caravan just like walked out didn't didn't like didn't try and wake me didn't try and didn't want me to be a part of the situation obviously he just left and then I was like okay oh my god that was fucked like that's so shit and totally disassociating as well And then moments later, Larry comes in and Larry did the exact same thing. Like he just, while I was laying there, like I was awake, but I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like who's in here now? And I'm like, just remember, like I'm in this tiny box caravan with nowhere to run really. Like I'm in this tiny little bed cove situation. If I tried to struggle and get away from him, I would have been against like three walls and then on the other side of the car of the outside of the caravan is the person who just previously raped me and two other boys out there who obviously don't give a fuck about any of this. I was like, this no one in this situation is gonna help me, so just play dead. Like, don't run, don't scream, don't make a fuss. It'll be worse if you do that than, you know, just play fucking dead. So I was just laying there and Ooh, sorry. <laughs> I don't even know why this part's the worst. Like it was the same. It was just a different person. But like the fact that it was Larry and not Bob, because in my head I was like, oh, I don't know why. Like it's no better if your boyfriend rapes you. Like absolutely no better. It's still horrific. It's still 
just as bad. And But in my head, I was like, oh, that's excusable for one reason or another, which is just ridiculous. But in my head, like having Larry in there straight after doing the same thing, I was just like, what? Like, there, is there a fucking ticket booth out the back? Like, what is going on? Um, so anyway, Larry gets in and he he jumps on top and stuck it in and had sex with me while I was fake asleep. And then he just pulled out and jizzed on my shirt as well. And then he left and I was like, just laying there like, please, 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 no one else, please, no one else, like, please, no one else. Fucking. And then I was like, Esther, if you keep laying here, they're all going to come in like, no fucking way. Just get the fuck out of here. And I was like, oh my God, like, what do I do? And like, I should have just, it's like when you're young though, like you don't think, you don't think, you don't have the critical thinking skills that you have when you're an adult. Like you're way dumber than you are when you're a grown up, right? It's like, I could have just come back from that whole situation and be like, can I use your landline and call my dad? And then instead of them being just like, oh, just go to sleep in the caravan and me being like, okay, <laughs> I should have just called my dad before any of this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's more, but hang on. It's not. Anyway, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> this is so shit. Okay, so, um, so I was like, get out of the caravan, just get the fuck out of the caravan. Because <laughs> you don't want the other two guys to come in. And so I just like got up and... I walked out and like I hadn't because it was dark in there. I hadn't seen like my top. I knew they jizzed on it, but I hadn't like seen it. And I still remember the top I was wearing. Like I don't remember many of my clothes from back then, but I remember this top like it's burnt into my memory. <laughs> and I walked out and they all started laughing at me. And I was like, what? And they were like, they pointed at my shirt and they were laughing at me like. <laughs> Like I had done something embarrassing and then that's how I felt about it for so long. I felt like I fucked up and did something so embarrassing. <laughs> and it took me so long, like a couple of years until I told any of those girls, like my girlfriends at the time. So we were like maybe 15 or whatever. And I was like, oh, I was raped by two guys in a caravan. <laughs> And they didn't really know what to do that with that information. I'm pretty sure I told them walking through a 7-Eleven too. Like, I remember just like, like, I don't know how to say this. And I don't know why I needed to come up at that time. But I just remember being like, <laughs> like maybe it was on topic. I don't fucking know. And I just remember them being a little bit like, oh, okay. And like, I'm sure the similar stuff, it might've happened to them as well. They're probably like, yes, yes. So we all like, <laughs> I don't know. They didn't know how to like, so then their reaction was kind of just like, whatever which is fine. Like you can't expect more of small children. You know what I mean? But I think like that made me think like, oh, okay, this isn't really a big deal or like maybe I'm just dramatizing something that's not. Um, and I just like shoved it down and I didn't, um, I didn't want to tell anyone else after that. I told like one boyfriend, like years and years and years later because we were out and one of his friends just kept talking about like some situation where like this chick that he knew was talking about her rape story and 
I wasn't really ready to hear this stuff back then. I was not in a place where, anyway, just also like out in a bar and drinking and hearing the secondhand story from this like guy, like that's not how you want to, like if she herself told me that it'd be probably been fine. <laughs> anyway, he wasn't being mean by the way, that other guy. But I was just from being like, mm, like hearing, I was like, oh, I just wanted to like close my ears from him. <laughs> and then my ex was like, not my current, like, not my most recent ex, the one from um, years ago. He was like, oh, what's going on? And he was really sweet. And I told him and he was so nice. And he's probably the only person I've told as an adult. And then I kind of just boxed it away again and forgot about it. And then it pops into my memory every now and then. Like without triggering, without anything, like it just pops into my memory. And I was like, okay, obviously I need to like do more to work on that. Um, but then I was like, I'm not sure what. And I would just, so I've just journaled about it a little bit. And I was like, sweet, okay, I've done that. And then when, like today when this sort of came into my head again, I was like, oh, okay, this is how I'm going to work through it. And I'm going to do it with you guys because this will hopefully help everyone else in one way or another. <laughs> and like after I recorded that um, video, I don't know if I said earlier, I can't remember, but after I recorded the video of me, like just releasing it like out in the, out into the world on the side of the road in New Zealand and just letting it out of my body and screaming it out. And like, I was just bawling my eyes out after that. And that felt like a good release. And this feels good too. Um, it feels hard though. I feel scared. And like, I posted that video on TikTok and Instagram and just wanted to like fucking vomit afterwards. <laughs> anyway, so I, they all laughed at me and um, I ended up calling my dad after that on the landline and he came and got me and I think I'd like rolled my top up to make it like a crop top so dad didn't see and yeah that was that was that and after like that was when I was like so young and so many other things have happened since then at the hands of men like like I remember one time when I was like 19, maybe I worked in retail and I was in the Maya center going up an escalator and I saw this flash go off and there was two guys behind me and I was wearing a skirt and I like whipped my head around like real fucking fast and saw them like put the camera down really quickly. And I like ran down the escalator at them and I snatched the camera straight out of his fucking hand. And I was like, what's this? And he was like, well, nothing. And I was like, just take a photo of my skirt. And I went and like pressed play on it. And I looked at it and I was like, you're fucking disgusting. And I deleted the photos like there and I fucking just dropped the camera on the floor and walked off. And then I went to the security and like told them. And there were times like almost every time I went out to a bar, like dancing, like nightclubbing with my friends, I would have someone just grab a boob or shove their hand up the back of my skirt or dress and literally just like stick fingers wherever they fucking could. I was always wearing underwear, but like they were literally just aiming wherever they could. And it, I got so over it. I started to get so angry at men. I was like, you guys are fucking disgusting. And then you would talk about it to a guy being like, ugh, men. And they'd be like, what's your fucking problem? And I'm like, I don't know. Every single guy I ever meet just thinks he can grab me. Like, it's my body. Fuck off. And I remember, like, I got to the point where, because I went out pretty much every weekend for, like, half of my 20s. And I remember I got to the point of like just complete fucking disdain for it that I like someone would shove a hand up my skirt or grab my ass or whatever. And I would just turn around and grab them and just fucking start socking them in the faces, like slapping them. I would just punch them. I would like 
self-defense. Like someone's shoving their hand up my fucking vagina, basically. I'm not going to just stand there and be like, thank you. Of course, I'm going to fucking do something about it. But there was obviously like underlying rage. (laughs) Um, And I remember like when I would do that, they'd be like, oh, it wasn't me. And I'd be like, what wasn't you? And they'd be like, ooh. And I was like, exactly. If it wasn't you, why are you saying that? And if it really wasn't you, it was one of your friends, you're a fucking accomplice. Like, why the fuck? Like, why aren't you punching him in the face? Why is it me doing it? Anyway. <laughs> and, it, and then, yeah, I just... Oh, there was something else that happened. It was just in my head and then it fell out. What was it? Hmm... I don't know. Maybe it'll come back later. There was another situation that was pretty fucked. Like a really specific one. I don't remember. Um, it like literally just flashed back into my memory then. I think I've buried it with, along with a lot of other stuff. <laughs> that I'm like, like I said in the last ep. I've been, well, not the last ever there before. I've been like digging and digging and trying to bring up as much as I can to work through all this stuff. And there's just, you know, there's probably more. There's always, life is one of those things. You're just going to have to always work through this shit. (laughs) So, um, yeah, things like that have happened a lot throughout my life. And I... To be honest, it's like I don't it's like I don't I don't hate men. Like I still don't hate men. I've always had really close guy friends in my life. Um I have a son and a boyfriend. <laughs> I don't hate men. But I have experienced a very, very dark, shitty side of a lot of them, just myself. And every single girl I know has been sexually assaulted in one way or another, whether it's just been like they've been groped by someone without consent or they've been raped or, you know, I had a boss once every time he would walk past me. That's right. When I was 14, one of my, like my second job ever, the boss would walk past me, grab my ass and be like, oh, sorry. And he would like, sh- like wipe his dick past my butt and just be like, oh, it's like tight, trying to get through here. And I'm like, there's a fucking meter of space behind me. Like two of you could fit through here. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then that same guy was like, hey, do you want to dress up as like a motorsports girl and come to the car show with me? Because he had some like fucking old school Holden. And I was like, well, you have to ask my dad. And he asked my dad and my dad was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, are you kidding? You're sending me off to a car show dressed like an absolute fucking floozy with this grown ass old man to parade around? Why? Why would you say yes to that, dad? But, but like, I just, <laughs> like, what do you mean? Um, and there was a big part of me, actually. So I've resolved a lot of my dad's stuff. I'm still working on it. Um, We had a really great chat the other day and I'm going to do a podcast episode on this stuff with my dad because it's like hectic. But um, we had a good chat the other day and I've moved past a lot of stuff and I just know that like what he's been through in his life and where he's at, like he's never going to fully understand on my level where I am at with all of this and there's just, that's not going to change and I would rather resolve 
any feelings I have about that stuff and move past that and just have a good relationship with my dad while I can, you know? Um, but before I got to that point, even like last year when everything was like really fucking hard for me, I, I remember crying in my car, like scream crying because I was like, all these fucked things happened to me when I was younger that wouldn't have happened if my dad was parenting me or didn't stop my mom from parenting me. Like if he didn't make me think that my mom was the worst and stop me from seeing her pretty much. And also if he parented me better, said no, had more boundaries, stopped letting me just run around doing whatever I wanted and was a bit more like actually a lot more present, I wouldn't have been in these situations. But then in saying that, like if I called him was like, I need help, he was always the first one there. If he like if he if I didn't if he didn't know where I was, he would like hunt the streets looking for me. Like he did love me and did care about me. And he does, sorry, he does love me, he does care about me. So yeah, it's not fair to put all of that blame on him. It's just where it was going at the time. And I know now like that's not really where to put it. And it's just something that like this is another reason why I'm just doing the absolute best job I can to raise a son who is never going to do this to someone. And he would never, I already know it for a fucking fact. He's incredible. But like the world that we live in, the way that men are raised and the the way that they even just like systemically, even if their parents aren't being like, you have to be a macho man and women are your possessions and you can do whatever you want. It's all good. You're not going to have to fucking deal with any repercussions. La, 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 la. Like even if they're not literally saying that to them, like that's the undercurrent of the world that we live in. Like this is why people are like, fuck the patriarchy <laughs> because it's been rooting women for the fucking since the dawn of time. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just really want to change a lot about the world and raising my son the way I have is one of those things. Like just being able to like, I've basically got a blueprint now of like how to raise a really fucking well-rounded individual who is not going to, fucking cause pain and suffering everywhere he goes <laughs> and I know that he's not the only good guy out there I'm dating one of them Justin's amazing um and my guy besties they're amazing I love them so much um but yeah it's there's a lot of work to be done in the world when it comes to men like how many of your girlfriends do you know whether you're a girl or a guy listening like you know some girlfriends right now maybe who are in a shitty relationship Maybe you see like someone sort of talking about girls, like their fucking possessions or prizes or just something to be graded or laughed at. Like that's not healthy and that shouldn't be allowed. And girls, if you're not really the sort of chick who feels comfortable being like a girl's girl and you're like, no, I'm more one of the boys or whatever, like really look into that. Be like, why? Like, why don't I feel comfortable around girls? Was it something that happened when you were younger? Was it the way you were treated when you were younger? Because that's not how you'll be treated forever. Maybe it's just the town you live in. I don't know. But like, it's so important to have each other's backs, us girls. Like who the fuck else is going to if we don't? Do you know what I mean? Like we live in a world where it's not made for us. Like it's not, it's actually not. If And if you're a guy listening to this and you're like, no, oh, that's not really fair to say, like, please just look into the history of what it's been like for women for like the last 2000 years, <laughs> please. It's not made for us. It's not, it doesn't suit any part of our being or even our fucking cycles. Like we're on a, we're on like a seven day slash monthly cycle. We're not on a 24 hour cycle. Like 
the way that the world literally is does not really benefit women. And then women are going around being like, I'm tired, I'm drained, I'm exhausted, something's wrong with me and I have to do all this stuff and I'm not good enough and we're just beating ourselves up and we don't know to look inward. We have to look outward to everyone else and be like, do you want to do this instead? Like, should, should I be doing this? If you have a problem, you ask all your girlfriends, you can't just... We don't know how to look inward and figure our own shit out because we've never really been made to feel like we can. We always had to ask permission for everything. And that's deeply ingrained in who we are. We have always been made to feel like if something like rape happens to us, it's a shameful event. When you, like back in the day, if you were raped, you were damaged goods. Like no, like literally like back when you were a man's possession. And this was like literally like up until the fucking eighties, mind you, you were like your husband's possession in the eighties. So they made rape illegal for a husband to rape his wife in the eighties. And they didn't make it illegal because it was bad for women. They made it illegal because if you raped someone else's wife, you were damaging his possession, like his property. And that's why. Because, like, the guy didn't appreciate it if you did that to his property. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's fucked up. And that wasn't very long ago. So it's only even more recent that it's been made illegal. Like, uh, sorry. Yeah, anyway, you know what I mean. Um, I can't remember where I was going with all of that. But you get the gist. Like, the world... Oh, that's right. I was saying that it, it, there's so much shame around it because not even that long ago, if you were raped, it meant that there was something now wrong with you. Someone had done something to tarnish you. You weren't like a virgin prepared for marriage and all of that. You And if you did get raped, you had to keep it really fucking hush-hush and it was so taboo and no one talks about it. And it's to the point now where it's happened to so many people, so many people, and no one wants to speak about it. And because no one speaks about it, it's like one of those things that when you hear it, your ears kind of cringe, you, you, you tighten up a little bit, you're like, oh. And that shouldn't be the case. Like, I don't need to feel like what happened to me was my fault. I need to let that feeling go. I don't need to feel ashamed of what happened to me. Those boys should feel ashamed of what happened to me. They should be ashamed of what they did. That's not my thing to carry. That's not my burden to carry. I was carrying it for them this whole time and I have to let that go. I have to be like, okay, this isn't my fault. This isn't my thing. This is just something that happened to me and I don't need to carry it as if it's some wound that I have to protect at all costs. It's not still bleeding. Do you know what I mean? Like it's scabbed over. It's got a scar. Absolutely. That will be with me for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Do I make it my identity? No. By not making it my identity doesn't mean it didn't happen to me. No. Can I talk about it freely? Absolutely. And I hope that it helps you in some way that I, because I have talked about it. I, I just, even if you're like, no, I didn't really get anything <laughs> from this. But the only thing I got from it was that it's inspiring to be authentic and open. Then great. Do more of that because the world needs more of it. Um. Anyway, I'm going to go cry now. <laughs> I can feel tears coming up again. <laughs> oh, it's happening again. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, I also just want to say something else. It's not like, so you know, like life, right? Everyone wants good vibes and positivity. And if you feel like you're having a really hard time in life, you're like, what have I done wrong? Like, why have I fucked up? I'm messing up at life. I'm not doing life good enough. I just want to say that that's not, realistic and that's not what life's about life is going to be great sometimes and hard sometimes it's going to be absolutely fucked at other times 
those really fucked times on the other side of that, like if you don't let that completely own you and you process it, you sit with the feelings, you hold them, like you're the fucking gatekeeper of those feelings. You are the one with the key. You are the master of this situation. If you hold those feelings with you and you get to know them and you're like, oh my God, this is the most painful thing I've ever done. You realize that that doesn't kill you, right? And then you're like, okay. And you get to this point where you're like, I can process that now. I can feel the feelings. I can put it to the side of me and I can like journal it out. You can talk it out. You can envision yourself not being absolutely fucking rolled by it. Whatever works for you. And you can put the thing like in the bag next to you. It's not going to like rule your life. And then you come out stronger. Like you actually come out so much stronger after you go through adversity and like going through adversity and having a hard spot in life is not something to avoid. Like, yes, absolutely. You don't want to like run into pain head on. Like, don't be a fucking idiot. But when things happen to you or you can see something coming in your life or you have to make a hard choice or you have to get out of your comfort zone. There's a moth flying around me. If you're in a place where you're having to do that, like don't be afraid. You can handle it. Like you can do it. And you'll be stronger afterwards. And don't beat yourself up for having to go through a hard time because there's nothing wrong with that. And if you can't show up as your 100% high vibing self, that's fine. You can be like, Hey, I, I'm not high vibing right now. I don't feel like being around a lot of people and that's fine. And no one's going to disappear. And if they do, then sweet, you're obviously due for a new chapter of life and new people will come in. People will still be there. If you need to take time off Instagram, if you need to take time offline, no one's fucking going anywhere. If you need to put up boundaries with people and be like, I don't have the energy or the capacity to do the thing anymore. I can't keep showing up for X, Y, Z. And I need to just really give myself this energy and take time to heal and everything like that is so important. You need to protect yourself when it comes to your energy. It's your most important resource. So if you're feeling drained and you need time to heal, you need time to go through these ebbs and flows and everything, take it and don't ever be ashamed. Don't apologize. Don't be like, oh, I'm so sorry I can't do this or I'm so sorry I've got to take on less work with my business or I'm so sorry I've got to take work like time off for a holiday or I'm so sorry I can't do this plan that we planned anymore. I have to bail out because I'm tired. Like don't don't you dare be that apologetic. No fucking way. Of course you can be like, hey, sorry, I can't come. But you owe it to yourself to protect your energy. It's completely fine for you to take time to heal. doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. You're not fucking failing at life. You're not broken. There's nothing fucking wrong with you. The world that we live in is not designed for human beings. It's literally not. I don't know who the fuck came up with all this shit, but it's not for us. So if you're feeling like you're not working out well in it right now and you're like, oh, it's all too hard, that's okay. Heal. What does your body need? What does your soul need? What does your mind need? What do you need outside of physical things? Like what do you need? Give that to yourself. Okay. That's what I wanted to say. (laughs) All right. I love you so much. Thanks for listening. Can you please follow the podcast if you like it? It will help my... um, analytics on Spotify, which are absolutely slaying right now. Thanks to all of you. And please share it with someone. If you think that this will help, I think this, I think this will like, if you can help me get this out there, that would be amazing. I'd really appreciate it. And yeah, 
If there's something that you want me to talk about on the podcast, let me know. You can leave a voice message. It's at, um, at the bottom of the episode. Or if you just want to like leave me a note um, and say whatever's on your mind, you can. And I'll be able to listen to all of those. And yeah. Um, oh, also, actually, one more thing. Because I've had a lot of people saying, hey, I need help with stuff. I've also had a few people saying like, hey, they want to come to me for Reiki and um, intuitive marketing and everything. And I know in earlier episodes, I said I was going to be offering those things, but I put on the jacket, tried it on, decided it wasn't for me. So I'm not going to be doing those things. And you might be like, but you only said two seconds ago, you're going to do that. But you know what? This is how I move so quickly through the world. I try shit on and I'm like, yep, love it. I'm committing. Or I'm like, nah, but at least I tried. And I'm like, Good job, Esther. Pat on the back. You weren't afraid to try. <laughs> I still do Reiki on loved ones. I may do it as an offering eventually, but right now it's more important to me to mass create. I need to create, 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 because what I'm doing is healing other people on mass. So what I'm going to do instead is give you my healers. So my Reiki chick, her name's Kaja. I'm going to put her details in the show notes. She prefers in-person. She's on the Gold Coast, so if you can drive to see her, she is insanely talented at what she does. I cannot even express to you enough how much she helps me move through a lot of stuff and, like, th throat chakra stuff as well. Oh, my God. Like, I ugh, highly recommend her. So I'm going to put her details in the show notes. And then uh, if you can't go and see her, she can do a distance Reiki healing. She said she's not really comfortable doing it on Zoom, which is totally fine. Like you don't have to see her. Like she can tell you when to like prepare for it and everything and she can do it via distance. And then there's also Serena. So she does, she's my um, intuitive healer. She does acupuncture and um, now she's doing, I think a bit of yoga. I don't know if she's offering that fully yet. She'll tell me. But she also is just so good at like just tapping into your channel. They both are. They both are so good at that sort of thing. Oh, my God. And Serena is in Tweed. She can do via Zoom if you need some intuitive distance healing as well. So I'll put her details in the show notes. So I'm going to help you guys like this for now. Um, and I'm going to just keep focusing my energy into the podcast and writing my book and like the best thing that you could do to help me would be share this around basically. And like, I'm doing this for free. Obviously I just, it means the world to me to help get the world into a better place. So if you want to help me do that, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. But I would prefer to, um, refer your inquiries with me for healing along like individual healing along to the girls for now. That would be best. Okie dokie. I love you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for holding space for me in this. And yeah, I'll see you. See you around sometime. Next episode, probably. All right. <laughs> love you. Bye.